0: Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. A day Podcast.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I am your host, Andy Herman. More importantly, I am joined by the one and only Perry freaking Goldstein. Perry, it is so amazing to be talking to you again. Obviously, we are in training camp week. How jacked are you and how are you doing?
2: I'm great. Uh, I cannot wait. I think rookies get there Friday, so it's or everyone's already there.
1: I think everyone's there. I, you know, obviously the first actual open practice is Wednesday, okay. um, but I mean, it is just—it's crazy. It's right around the corner.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm. I have my days mixed up. Obviously, I got there last Friday, so yep. it's already. I'm, I like can't even wrap my mind. Basically, this is me saying I can't wrap my mind around we're already here, um, especially because uh, I'm gonna be up in like three weeks. For a training camp. So, yeah, it's real. It's happening. We're six and a half weeks away from the very first NFL game on Thursday night.
1: And not only that, but we are, I think, this week is the Hall of Fame, or is it next week? Next week is the Hall of Fame game. So, like... Thursday, August 4th is the Hall of Fame game already. So, like, we are approaching, like, I know it's just preseason football. I know it's just Jaguars versus the Raiders. I know it doesn't matter all that much. Devontae Adams probably not going to play in that game. Uh, well, you never know. Maybe he gets a, a you know, if they want to, you know, integrate him with, uh, De- you know, Derek Carr. Um, who knows? But still, we are inching ever so close to actual football. I'm I'm geeking out. There's no two ways around it.
2: I know. I can't wait to be up in Green Bay. I, uh, I miss it. It's I haven't been back since September, which is a really long time. So yeah, it's almost a full year. So I'm excited. I know a hinterland cherry, wheat, and I want some cheese curds and I want some padded Packers practice.
1: I had all of those things except padded Packers practice yesterday when I was uh, <laughs> headed to Lambeau for the soccer match, which I want to just discuss quickly because this was such a cool atmosphere. If anyone has not ever been at Lambeau, I don't care what you get there for. Get there for something. Um, It is just an absolute shrine of amazingness. And quite frankly, it doesn't matter if it is a football game or a soccer game or almost anything else, you know, the game in and of itself was the star but like lambo field in that weather in that environment also got to be the star and that was what was so cool about it is um just getting to see lambo in that environment um had the opportunity to attend as a fan and the atmosphere was amazing And, and like everything could have been like brought down a few degrees because all the rain you had the lightning storm you had the delay they shortened the games like there was just stuff like that that it could have maybe like ruined the moment or like brought down the buzz and it just didn't the crowd was amazing everyone stood through the entirety of the match. No one sat down for a second. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. Um, just the buzz and the energy in there. And not only will I be like upset if they like don't do it, like I I don't even know, like sign me up right now, like add it to my Packers season ticket holder packages to put a, a <laughs> soccer game at Lambeau every year. Um, the crowd was amazing. The atmosphere was amazing. Lambeau was amazing. It was so freaking fun. And I enjoyed the heck out of it.
2: What a concept. Everyone's standing for the whole Yeah, game. right. Yeah. And you know,
1: I, I, I posted on Twitter, I said, um, you know, for because the, there are, of course, the, you know, anti soccer people who are like, oh, you know, soccer has no right to be played at Lambeau Field or how blasphemous. Like, first of all, it had 78,000 people there last night, all standing throughout the entirety of the match for two teams that for the most part, the majority of fans in the stands, like didn't have like a, a huge rooting in it for. So obviously there was like a, a bunch of Man City fans. There was a bunch of Bayern Munich fans, but like for a lot of like people like me, it was just like, I wanted to see good soccer. I didn't even you know yeah. care really who won. Um, it was just a really cool, like I said, a really cool atmosphere to be a part of, but Um, you know, so I tweeted, I said that atmosphere last night was better than some Packer playoff games that I have attended as a fan and people like immediately shot back. Well, you know, it's because it's, you know, July and the weather's nicer and things like that. Listen, if you are not ready to be that fan for a playoff game in December, January at Lambeau field, you should not be there. Like that is like, you better be ready to stand the entirety of a playoff game. Of course, quiet when the offense is at work, no question about that, but like you better be ready to go and bring that energy and intensity because um, we saw, and I know it's a, a shorter match. I know, especially last night, they shortened it a little bit uh, due to it, you know, some of the weather, but man, you, you need, if you're a Packer fan going to a playoff game, you better be ready to bring that same energy. It was, it was fun. It was so fun.
2: I feel like it would be cool to see what it's like to play a completely different professional sport inside Lambeau field. Like I, I saw a couple of photos and videos and I was like, wow, that looks like a real like soccer pitch. I guess that's what they call yeah. it. It was a
1: little bit, um, less wide. You could tell like the field was a little, like didn't match perfect dimensions for what, like, uh, an actual professional soccer game would need to be. Um, you know, I, I, just don't think Lambeau has the, the ultimately the width to do that. Um, but it's still, it, it was so fast paced. It was so fun. Um, I, I can't say enough positive things about it. I honestly, like the, the most disappointing thing is that it took them until 2022 to figure out that this is a good idea uh, yeah. to do in green Bay, because it was, it was unbelievable.
2: I wonder what, if it wasn't lost on the soccer players either, like what it was like to play inside Lambeau Fiat. I'm sure they like also appreciate the greatness of playing in a stadium like that.
1: No question about it. And I think that's a cool thing, right? Like you can bring in two totally different teams next year if you you wanted to, and it would be just as cool. Like, um, yeah, I just think there's so much potential and opportunity and uh, it was a really fun game. Uh, One, nothing game, obviously for Man City. And uh, yeah, I, I know. I'm just kind of, you know, sounding like a broken record here, but cannot say enough positive about it and just the the full energy and intensity that that game brought. And again, I was on my feet, just geeking out the entire time. So as was pretty much everyone that was there. That was the fun news from the weekend to talk about. However, we also had some not so fun news, which doesn't necessarily mean a ton yet, but. David Bakhtiari placed on the PUP list. This was uh, announced, well, it was announced on Saturday and uh, I had pre-recorded my Sunday video, so I didn't get a chance to talk about it yet. I don't, th- I think it was after you recorded Pax, what she said as well this week. So we haven't had the opportunity to weigh in on this, but what was your initial reaction to hearing that Bakhtiari was going on the PUP list?
2: I mean, it's not good. There's like, there's a couple of ways and I'm sure you and I will talk through all the kind of different ways this could unfold. And there are certainly ways this can, could unfold where it doesn't really matter. He starts week one, but I think regardless of how it moves forward, we're not starting out in a great place. And I'm certainly like quite concerned and like almost not even for, obviously for the Packers, but I feel like they will figure it out. I'm, I'm actually concerned for this, like, like high caliber player who is losing like valuable years of playtime and, Someone who's like not getting younger, who's nearing that thirty mark, like I, I'm sure he's more upset than like any fan out there that he's like still not at a hundred percent. So. It's yep. not really great about it.
1: Listen, I, like, I wouldn't, I don't want this to happen to Justin Jefferson for the Vikings. I don't want this to happen to Justin Fields for the bears. I don't want this to happen to TJ Hawkinson for the Lions. I don't want this to happen to any player in the league. Like I want every team to have their players available to them. And I want to see who is the best team out there. And just to have one of the real, you know, stars of this league, one of the best offensive linemen in all of football to have to go through this just sucks. No matter what way you look at it. I think it's, I think it's worth discussing really quick. What, we do know and what we don't know about him being placed on the pup. Because I think the first thing that um, we do know that is worth talking about here is that he is still suffering some sort of injury to the point probably that he, f- he had some failed physical because he has to have a, a an injury that he like suffered from football to be able to be placed on the pup list. So this isn't like this is the same injury. This isn't some other injury that he suffered. This isn't this is his leg. That's what he was injured with. So they're placing him on the pup with that injury. And if he had uh, passed this visit or like and done everything and was ready to go, you don't put him on the PUP list in that scenario. And the other thing is like, I heard, you know, some people be like, well, they probably just want to arrest him and not rush him back or anything like that. That's fine. But you wouldn't have to put him on the PUP list if you just wanted to arrest him. So the fact that they were able to put him on the PUP list and did put him on the PUP list means that in likelihood, he did not pass his physical and be ready to go. And that his same injury in some capacity is still bothering him. So this isn't, and it could just be, and I'm sure we'll hear maybe these words from Matt LaFleur out of an abundance of caution and things like that, yada, 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 which all sounds great if that's what ends up being said. But at this point we are, I think Bill Huber posted that it was 569 days, uh, since, I don't know if it was since the injury or since the surgery. I, I, I don't recall which one it was. Do you Since the injury? Okay. Since the injury. Um, that is so much time. And I think it's just worth noting here that if it, if it wasn't related to that injury or if, you know, he, they just wanted to rest him, they wouldn't put him on the pup for that. So there is something with that injury that is still bothering him. And that is very troublesome and very worrisome.
2: Yeah. That's exactly why I'm saying, I like, guess, this is not great. Cause if they, if it was like, I don't know, he tweaked an ankle or something, they would say this actually has nothing to do with David's knee. Right. He has something that's separate. So Yeah, I think people kind of forget, like, Pup isn't just, you know, a kind of IL or IR that you decide to put a player on based on some arbitrary, like, you, everyone reports, goes through a physical, and then gets approved for, like, on the field football play. And he is not approved for any. And he also, this is post, right, working out in the rehab group the entire offseason. Like, this is not... Yeah, this means either there was some kind of setback or something and I know I also think it gets lost that like tearing your ACL is a really serious injury that ends lots of football and other professional sports players careers now they are obviously like the most athletically gifted humans in the world and that's why so many of them are able to come back because they are and they get the best care possible, but like it's not out of the realm of possibility. Like I know plenty of college athletes, right? Obviously they're not going to be professional athletes, but college athletes, this happens to, and they never, you know, get to play at a high level again. So this is obviously, I'm not trying to be doomsday, but just like, I think people get skewed by the fact that so many players are now able to come back from this injury these days. So that's like the expectation that you're hundred percent when that's not always the case.
1: Yeah. And I mean, the biggest thing is I feel for David Bakhtiari because you know how hard he's working and you know how badly he wants to be out on the field. Um, It's just a, it's a brutal situation all the way around. What we don't know um, is exactly what, you know, this means for David Bakhtiari moving forward. As an example, uh, Jalen Ramsey was uh, said that he was going to be put on the pup list uh, at the start of training camp. And then the Rams changed their mind and said, nope, he's actually good to go. We're not even going to put him on the pup list. Um, And as uh, I discussed on um, Friday or Saturday for Saturday show when uh, on the YouTube show, when the initial public gets uh, put out is there's no uh, there's no reason that just because he's on this list now that he has to miss any portion of the season. I know, you know, this, Um, But, you know, it gives Green Bay the opportunity to put him on the in-season PUP list by him starting on it. But uh, he can be brought back at any time. Same with anyone else that's on the PUP list. Same with anyone that's on the non-football injury list. So those players can be brought back at this point. It's not until final roster cutdowns when you set your roster and place a player on PUP at that time that they would actually have to miss. And I misspoke. I forgot it was the new rule this year. Um, I misspoke on Saturday saying it was the sixth game still. It is now four games um, that you would have to miss with the pup list so um there's but there's nothing at this point that we know that he would miss for sure it could be again out of an abundance of caution he could be back the day after uh day one of training camp we we just don't know at this point but it's still not a great sign overall
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
3: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
2: I just don't see any kind of like competitive advantage to the Packers doing this. Like the only reason that he's on the pop is because he's physically unable to perform. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't, there's no roster magic happening here. Right. Where they're like, Oh, we can do this. And then like, you know, they're not trying to,
2: I was like, what's the, like there, maybe there's some angle here where this makes sense for them, but we're just walking to training camp. They can bring in as many players as they want to be there at training camp. Like this is not, this is simply that he's just still hurt.
1: Yeah. And the only thing, you know, that the only advantage to placing him on the pub now is again, it, it has, it gives him the ability if he still is not healthy to put him on the pub list. So like, you know, if they're just not, even if they think he's going to be back on, you know, day three of training camp, right. It's always better to put him there to start. And then, you know, if he all of a sudden it just, you know, aggravates something and isn't able to go, then you can at least continue putting him, keeping him on the published at that point. But it's still, it shows at this point in time, there's something still wrong. And that no matter how minor it is, is still worrisome and troublesome for everyone involved. I'm sure.
2: So, I guess best case scenario, right, is at some point pre-roster cutdowns, David's healthy, he's fine, he gets put on the roster, he starts week one. This is like what our hope is. I just feel like my hope in that happening dwindles the the longer he, he goes where he's not fully practicing,
1: Yeah. And of course, worst case is it just never gets better. Right. Which we're not even speaking into existence. Um, I've said all along, like from a, from a Packers standpoint, I I feel for the player and I want him to get better as soon as possible. But from a Packers standpoint, like if you told me he was ready to go and look like David Bakhtiari in like week 12, 7, like 16, like, I don't even like, that's fine. Like they're going to be a playoff team. And if he's ready to go for the playoffs from a Packers standpoint, I, I don't have much concern over that overall. Um, I think they'll be able to find guys who can fill in just like they have, especially last season. Uh, but they, there's no question to me that this team needs a healthy Bakhtiari and a healthy Elton Jenkins if they want to perform at their peak come playoff time. And I think that's just why this is so nerve wracking as well for Packer fans is because of how important he is to the team, how important he is to the offense we there's no cheat code at wide receiver and Devonte Adams is just going to uncover in under two seconds, right? Like over and over and over. And again, this is an offense that's going to need to be able to run the football really well, which you need your good, your best offensive lineman for. It's a team that's going to have to have probably a little bit more uh, pass protection for Aaron Rodgers to give him those few extra seconds to find receivers who aren't getting open in under two seconds, like Devonte Adams. They just, they need a healthy Bakhtiari. They need a healthy Jenkins. They need a healthy, probably Myers and John Runyon jr. And uh, this could be a major setback to that. We'll see. And we don't know yet, but it's still, it's, it's worrisome.
2: Yeah. That's why I'm a little surprised. You're like, it's fine if he's, you know, healthy week 12. I feel like they're going to have really close regular season games this year as the offense starts to figure out who they are without Devontae Adams, where having a David Bakhtiari out there for that final drive could be the reason they win or they lose.
1: Yeah. I guess my point being, is that like, If you said David Bocciari doesn't play a single snap during the regular season, this is to me, and barring an injury to Aaron Rodgers for any significant period of time, they're at at minimum a seven seed in the NFC. Like they, they, they don't need David Bakhtiari to get to the playoffs. They do need David Bakhtiari to win in the playoffs is, is kind of how I would say it. So, and I'm, I've am i said this before on here, I'm past the point of really caring too much if they're the one seed or the seven seed or anything in between, because they've had the one, they've had the two, they've had everything else in between the last time they won the Super Bowl, they were the six. Like, I just want them playing their best football in January and February and anything else is just like, we'll, we'll get there. You know, we'll, we'll figure it out when we get there. Um, but I would again, it was more of like, if you could sign me up right now and you just said like, Hey, David Bakhtiari will be hundred percent ready to go week 15. Um, but he's not going to be able to play before that. Like, give me the contract right now and I will sign it in huge yeah. Sharpie. Like, all right, I'm cool. Give me him week 15, hundred percent healthy.
2: Yeah. It is interesting that this happened right after he signed the big extension. Now, obviously for, the player, I'm thrilled for him. He got the money and now he has the security to just get better. But the Packers haven't, when you think about, right. All the cap space that they've pushed into the future and everything that they've done to kind of like go all in for this team that does include his contract. And it is, it just, this is not the most articulate way to say this, but like it just kind of sucks that he's not on the field for these kind of like crucial all in years while we have Aaron Rodgers.
1: Yeah, and I've seen some like of the cynical fans to be like, just cut him and cut bait and get rid of them. Um, no, no,
2: that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> no, no,
1: no, no. I know a million percent. I knew. that. Sorry, I should have been more clear. I know that's not what you're saying. Um, but I think it's worth bringing up the contract in this situation because if they cut him right now, he has 35.8 million in dead salary. So, like there's no advantage. Technically, they would, yes, they would save one million in or almost two million in cap this year, but still have 23 million in dead cap that would go towards next year's salary cap. There's no, there's no advantage to cutting David Bakhtiari. You're a million percent better, just you know, if if he even if you found out today that he was going to Um, you know, not be able to play the entire season, you're still better putting him on IR for the entirety of this year. And then hoping that he's ready to go for week one next year, um, because that's still your better scenario uh, than just releasing them outright right now. So there's 0.0% chance that the Packers and David Bakhtiari uh, end up separating ways or injury settlements or cut or anything like that. The contract's just not conducive to that. So David Bakhtiari will remain a member of the green Bay Packers unless he retires, which also is not great for the salary cap, by the way, although likely they would probably do something to the deal to extend it out a bunch of years, but we're not even going to talk about that because we don't want to speak it into existence. So,
2: and I, I didn't bring up the contract in terms of like, I think they're going to do anything with it. I just, I just think about it in terms of like, you're looking at your high impact players and those, the pairs players you're paying the most right Aaron Rodgers him Jair etc and you're just thinking like you're paying these players because you want them on the field and I know David wants to be on the field too Um, but you're now two years right into a new extension and David hasn't played for a full season yet
1: yeah I mean even at that 13.4 million dollar salary cap this year he's the second highest paid player on your roster. Like you, you just can't have your guys that you're putting so much of your cap into miss significant periods of time. And listen, as I said, I think green Bay can still be a really good football team. Um, They're definitely going to need players to step up without David Bakhtiari if he's not there. And again, I don't even want to get too far into this because we're all still hoping that he's going to be able to go week one. Um, But I do think it's worth discussing because I think even in, um, you know, training camp or excuse me, in mini camps and OTAs and stuff, you know, we're, we see, you know, all right, Yash is at left tackle, Cole Van Lannon's getting a cup of coffee at right tackle. They moved, moved Royce Newman out to right tackle and Jake Hansen goes in at guard. And you're like, all right, yeah, that's fine. But you know what, Bakhtiari's coming back. Jenkins is coming back at some point. So whatever they want to do, um, not much of an issue. Like now it's like, okay, because you were hoping, I think, that if Bakhtiari's ready to go, now you move Yash to right tackle and start having him be part of that competition, probably up until the point where uh, Jenkins comes back But now if Yash is at left, now at right tackle, you're legitimately talking probably about Royce Newman, Cole Van Landen, Sean Ryan. Um, I I can't stress enough how different this team is if you have David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins at left and right tackle or if you have Yash Neishman and Royce Newman at left and right tackle. Like, it is just insane. So, yeah, this is a very, very big deal.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking as you were saying that, like, when you look at the starting five, like you, at least in the last couple of seasons, and you're thinking about who they're going to put out there, you say, okay, well, it's David Bakhtiari is the first one you think of. And then you fill in, you've been filling in the rest. And so when you're you're 1A, Offensive lineman isn't there. I feel like you're already starting out at this point of like shuffling. And the Packers are very, very, very good at that. And they're going to continue to put out a great starting five. But now, you know, like you said, we also have Elton Jenkins who's not out there. So your right tackle is a question mark and just all these dominoes start falling of okay, well, who's who's gonna be out there protecting Aaron Rodgers? And it starts with the left tackle. And when it's a question mark, it's just, I don't know, hard to plan. It's
1: funny that you say it that way because how I always look at O line, and I know you're a big Mets fan, baseball fan, and uh, you're watching some Mets as we're recording here. Uh, I always look at the starting five as an offensive lineman, as a starting your starting five pitchers for your you know starting team, you know your, your rotation, right? And you always need the ace on top, and when your ace is going well on top like then it it just, everything clicks like one every five days, you're going to have a really strong performance, right? And then you want your really strong number two. And then like, once you get down to like your fifth guy, it's like, all right, if it's like a four point something ERA guy, we'll be okay. But I need those top guys at the top of my rotation to be playing their best, healthy, et cetera, to really give me a chance. I look at the exact same way on the offensive line. I need my ace, which is David Bakhtiari. I need my big time number two, which is Elton Jenkins. And then like, all right, I got two solid guys coming up and John running junior, who's probably going to be one of my big future players. Same thing with Josh Myers as my number four. I'm like my number five can be a Royce Newman or a Jake Hansen or a rookie or something like that. And like, we'll be okay with that, but I have to have my top two going well. And when all of a sudden you look at that and now your number one is John Runyon Jr. And now your number two is Josh Myers. And now your number three is like your Royce Newman. And then your four is like, all of a sudden you just keep going. And it's just like, man, now like everything is just off. Right. And it's just, it, 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 it can get really bad, really fast.
2: Yeah, now you're now every fifth day you're going like long relief and it's not going well. No. Uh, yeah. You're talking to a girl who had two aces out for like a significant portion of the season and we still have to grow them out. So that analogy um, really sank in for me <laughs> there. Uh, yeah. I like the way I like the way you thought about that.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I've always just looked at it that way. Probably weird, yeah. but I, I don't know why. But no, it-
2: <laughs> I think it's actually super accurate because it, it's how I think about it too. It's like, all right, who is, who is number one? that Every is going to just, anchor if you will like the entire offensive line and when you have a David David Bakhtiari as your anchor everything else is gonna probably fall into place just fine and then you get an Elton Jenkins it's like okay the other side we're set and we can figure out interior if we need to but both those guys both those guys are out now I uh I definitely I think in camp we'll be interested to see how all the ACL tear players are rehabbing because unfortunately Packers have like a solid chunk of them Elton Jenkins included Tunyon Kylan Hill so I don't know I hope I hope at least like half of them are on their way to starting at some point in the first quarter of the season
1: yeah it'd be really nice uh you know we'll, we'll go over those really quick here because it's, it's not just David Bakhtiari's on the pup. and I know I talked about this a little bit the other day but Christian Watson, who according to Ross Uglum, is not a long-term thing, it sounds like it's just more procedural. He'll be back hopefully sooner rather than later. But then Robert Tunyon, Elton Jenkins, Mason Crosby, Dean Lowry, uh, Kylan Hill, uh, Putatao the defensive tackle, Randy Ramsey, and then Patrick Taylor all start the season on pup. And then Rashid Walker, Caleb Jones, and Caliph Bryce. All on the non-football injury list. Um, That is not an insignificant number of players, nor um, players of importance, right? Like Bakhtiari, Watson, Tunyon, Jenkins, Crosby, Lowry. Um, Those are some pretty big names that this team is going to need this season. Um, Again, the the expectation I think is that a lot of those players will probably be back sooner rather than later. And you know, all all the ACL guys we're just going to have to sort of monitor as the offseason or as the you know training camp goes along. Um, But man, there's a lot of players that are going to be missing from those first few days of training camp.
2: Yeah. Some expected obviously that we knew had injuries and then some that were a big surprise. And I don't know if they listed what the injuries are. If we know whether they're, they're serious or not. Right. Like they they could be nothing. Like we said, Christian Watson apparently is, he'll be fine, but Mason Crosby, like you don't want a backup kicker out there. I don't care no. what you say about last season. You want Mason Crosby out there over anyone else. Um, and same with Dean Lowry. Cause you know, he's been really important for that defensive front. So I guess we will just have to monitor during, during training camp.
1: One of the things I always hate, and this is, I know it's like the last thing when we go through these names that anyone is literally worried about, but I, I, I always hate when, like undrafted players have injuries to start off because they're already so far behind the eight ball as an undrafted player to try to make the team. That to start camp with an injury, it just it's like it's almost giving you zero odds of making the team. Now if they're back in a couple of days, no big deal, right? But like if those things linger for a couple of weeks, like that can end up being a big issue. So like guys like Putatao and Caleb Jones and Calif Bryce, I just hope they can get back and healthy sooner rather than later because um I just want to see those guys have a chance to compete and see if they can make a fifty-three man roster spot or at least show off themselves for a practice squad because I mean that this is like uh, imagine you like you get your one chance right like you are a you played football your entire career and you're not drafted and a team actually gives you a chance to go up for compete for a spot and then an injury hits you and let's like this like literally might be your only chance in life to get a job with an NFL team um, I was just really feel for mm-hmm. those guys that have those injuries yeah. as undrafted guys I agree all right, let's talk about training camp really quick because I do want to preview this a little bit, and things are kicking off sooner rather than later. So, um, I just want to ask you in general, what what's the number one a thing that you're going to be watching for? You know, from, a from news and notes when camp kicks off, but b uh, once you get at training camp as well.
2: One a. I have a couple. I mean, I want to see what Jair looks like back with this. I one. almost,
1: I almost yeah. preface this by saying, but besides corners, because I know your eyes are going to go immediately. I mean, in the
2: my, I'm, I'm trying to be consistent with my answers here. And when people ask him like, I'm definitely looking at that. I think more like when the season comes for me, it's about Savage. I, I'm sure he'll look fine in camp and he's going to run with the one. So I'm not sure I'm going to learn anything about him. Um, And I mean, I, you would be lying. You would be lying. If your answer wasn't the wide receivers, like I am not even going to try to be like cool and different here. Like I obviously would love to see what Christian Watson looks like in person. And more importantly, like how Aaron is developing with the guys and just like who's with the ones for Matt LaFleur's offense, you know, who's running with the twos, which wide receivers go back and forth because there's a lot of them. Um, And Maggie and I talked about this this week, right? Like, there's like five that kind of feel like locked already, which is already a lot of wide receivers going into the season. And are they going to keep six or gonna keep seven? So it'll be interesting to see just like how the offense is being run with 12 out there. Yeah. My wide receiver was my answer
1: all the way yeah. up until I heard that David Bakhtiari was on the PUP list. And now all of those combinations of like right, the, the Cole Van Landen story was like kind of a cute, fun thing in minicamps camps and OTAs, but like, now it's like, is he is he really going to be the right <laughs> tackle? Like because yeah. now I need to pay a lot more closer attention to that. And same thing is like has Josh taken a step at left tackle? How much better does Josh Myers look in Royce Newman look in their second years? Because. All of those guys need to be better. Now, how does Jake Hansen look? We haven't exactly got an extended look at Jake Hansen. And he, if, if Royce Newman's at right tackle, Hansen's probably going to be at right guard. Sean Ryan, Zach Tom, do they look like they're ready to potentially compete for spots? Like All of those are now insanely more intriguing to me, um, knowing that, again, we know Jake's probably going to miss some period of time, and we don't know with David Bakhtiari. So yeah. that has all much gone to a, a higher priority on my list now.
2: Yeah, I am also really excited to see all these rookies. I don't know. I don't know. I did not know if I felt this way last season at training camp, but this year I feel like the Packers brought in some, like, crazy athletes, and everyone, like you even, too, have been kind of tweeting at practices just felt like, the physicalness of these guys, like Quay and Devonta and um, and Christian, everyone that they brought in. So I'm excited to see them in person for the first time too. just get like a full sense of how they are. Cause you can't tell really through like a Twitter video or an Instagram video, and they're going to have pads on now too, not just, you know, helmets and shorts. So I'm excited to just like see what they look like out there.
1: Yeah. Quay and, and Christian, especially, especially Quay, um, you see him in person and it takes all of a millisecond to be like, I get why they picked <laughs> him first. I I totally get it. So some players like you can watch on tape over and over and over and like, kind of feel like you get it. And then you see him in person and you're like, yeah, that just hits different. Like, and it doesn't mean that he's going to be like unbelievable. It doesn't mean like that they hit on him or whatever, but uh, you see him in person and you immediately are like, yeah, that, that makes sense. I could see why they fell in love with him very fast. So uh, same thing with Christian Watson, again, doesn't mean he's going to be amazing or ready to go right away, but uh, his size, speed, strength, like all of it, like he's just oozing with potential. So you can, you can tell those very fast, but they're both fun to see. Let's go lightning round on this. All right. One veteran that you are most looking forward to watching in training camp.
2: I said it already. I can't Would wait. You, to Jair back from Jair
1: Alexander? Yeah. yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, I'll go through mine after I'll let you go through yours first. Who's your free agent that you're most looking forward to seeing?
2: Sammy Watkins.
1: Yeah, I think that one's probably pretty easy. Uh, rookie that you're most excited for? If you could only pick one?
2: It's probably Quay, just because they picked him so early and everyone's like, oh, I'll kind of a reach. And like now I'm like, was it? Or are they just smart at drafting?
1: And then uh, a player that could make a year, two or three jump that you are really excited to watch at camp?
2: <sighs> it's somewhere between Amari Rogers and Rashawn mostly because I'm just full-blown like Rashawn's going to be an absolute star this year, and uh, I'm excited to see that in full force, but also if Amari can can make a jump.
1: Yeah, so for me, I think year two, I really want to see um, a little bit more for like Josh Myers because I think he has the ability to be like a really, really good center, um, yeah. and I thought he was good to like average-ish, maybe slightly below average even at times last year, um, but was, I think he has hurt. every tool. What's that? He was hurt. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, And I just think he has the ability to be really good. So I think if he can make that jump, then again, that makes your offensive line, especially which now may need it a little bit more. I think that could make it that much better. Um, rookie is unquestionably Christian Watson. I just think he has the potential to be the key that unlocks the offense even more with just his explosivity, his deep ball, probably like, I just think that can be the guy. And if he hits and he hits early, the offense will look totally different. If he's going to take time or can't stay on the field. Um, I just think the offense, the, like the, the ceiling for the offense overall takes a major hit. If he's not ready, free agent has to be Sammy Watkins. Um, and then the veteran one is really interesting, Um, I, I, you know, I'm gonna have to say Darnell Savage just because I think we're at the point with Darnell Savage where, uh, we've seen a really, really good season in 2020. We've seen two not so great seasons in 2019 and 2021. And I just want to see what version of Darnell Savage, because if he's, uh, the 2020 version, which was awesome and flying around, I mean, man, now we're really talking about a defense that could be just literally savage um so i i just, yeah i'm gonna I'm lean Darnell savage on that one
2: he's my player for the season for sure yeah but he's just like gonna be every time i re-watch it's gonna be like okay let's see how savage should because this is a huge year for him and a huge hackers to make a decision with him and like they luckily don't have a decision to make really with Rashawn, so they're just looking at like all right what what are we going to do with this player are we going to give him a big extension like does he deserve it
1: Yeah, no, that's going to be really interesting. And this is his opportunity probably to go out. He he already got his fifth year option, but if he can earn an an extension by his play this year, it would be a huge opportunity for him. So hopefully he plays his absolute best and uh, we get to see the best version of Darnell Savage because still very high on his overall talent. I just want to see it a little bit more consistently. Uh, I think that sort of does it for us today, Perry. Anything else you wanted to go over? Any other training camp stories you're excited
2: about? No, I think we definitely... Definitely covered it just ready for some real Packers football. And uh, this team's going to look different. And I'm excited about it. Because you and I always say if you're not getting if you're staying the same, you're not getting better. So what are they going to do to kind of push it forward?
1: Yeah, it's, it, to me, it's got to be defense. Uh, and I will be intrigued as well, because Aaron Rodgers even sort of like hinted already, like, I, you know, he thinks the defense is going to be well ahead of the offense early in training camp. Uh, we'll see if that comes to fruition. Uh, having number 12 definitely helps things on offense. So uh, I'm sure he's going to be able to do so, you know, do some things to the defense that will uh, uh, give them uh, some things to think about as well. But I think that's just going to be a really fun matchup. this uh, defense that could be flying around the field against Aaron Rodgers in his mind. That's just going to be a fun, you know, matchup to watch every day in practice. So I will be there on Wednesday and I can't wait.
2: I love it. Iron sharpens iron. Absolutely.
1: A million percent. Perry, you're the best. This was amazing. I can't wait to talk to you again. Um, Enjoy your first uh, training camp updates. We will see you in Green Bay sooner rather than later. Uh, Tell the people where we can find you.
2: Um, You can follow me on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. Follow the podcast at PWSS podcast on Twitter. Pax, she said on Instagram, Um, Maggie and I are going to start going live again now that the season is starting. So we'll be recording twice a week, um, which we're very excited about.
1: I got to start doing that. I've been too lazy. I don't know. I got to figure out a way to do live, but we'll get there eventually. Perry, you're the best. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Pack Today podcast that does it for us today. But until next time, and as always, go Paco.
3: Go back, go.